Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Friday, October the 16th, 2020. Hopefully, it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. Today, we are going to do an episode playing off of my homies over at Precision Nutrition. We are talking about fat loss and muscle gain. What does realistic, and that's the key here, realistic progress look like for all of you at home listening who train at your house or hit the gym and have maybe competed before, uh, been a part of athletics, or just the average couched athlete who wants to be a little bit fitter and look a little bit better and be happier, healthier for the rest of their life. And so I'm going to dig in in great detail here today, playing off of an awesome outline um, that uh, Brian St. Pierre put together. And then my take um, off a couple of other episodes we've done before to give you guys a realistic idea of if you want to lose fat and if you want to gain muscle. And we're going to go real deep down the rabbit hole here today to hopefully help you uh, see results. Maybe not faster, but in a realistic time frame and understand what you're looking at. And like I always say... You're going to ask yourself along the way here, is the juice worth the squeeze? And I think this parallels basically everything we are doing in our lives outside of fitness as well. But before I dig in, this podcast is brought to you by my homies over at Athletic Greens. It's the one supplement I take every single day and I never miss a day. It is that easy. And honestly, at this point, I really do enjoy drinking it. It's just become ingrained in what I do in the past. If I was taking a green supplement, I would skip it on the days that I didn't feel perfect or I just, you know, life was kind of getting in my way or I would, I would build in basically a a bullshit excuse not to drink it because I thought they tasted so bad or way back in the day I would take my greens over the toilet. Athletic greens, I don't have to do that. I actually enjoy the flavor. Now, it is a milkshake. No, it doesn't taste as good as a milkshake, but it's the best tasting greens, uh, hands down. And again, if you're talking, you know, 75 whole food ingredients and about the antioxidant equivalent of eating 10 to 12 servings of fruits and veggies per day. And let's be real, none of us is eating enough greens, 365. Nobody is. It's just, it's damn near impossible. I know my stomach personally can't take it. And so this is, it helps me cover the gaps in my nutrition. And that's why I preach it so much to you guys. And so if you're interested um, in picking up 20 free travel packs, you guys literally can go to the site. It's just literally athletic greens uh, forward slash Jeremy Scott, or I can Share the link with you guys in my DM or my emails if you want them. I can send it directly to you. Or if you're really on the fence, we'll actually, from this podcast studio, from this office, we will ship you a pack right to your front door, and you can try it for free. Nobody else is doing that. I'm happy to send you a pack for free to try zero money to you. I'll pay the shipping right to your front door, and then I'll hook you guys up with a pack to get you 20 free packs on your first order my gift to you guys that's how much i believe in it so if you're interested hit me up i have a ton of them in the office here and we're trying to get rid of a lot of it before the end of the year so if you've heard me say it 72 times before and you still haven't taken the offer this is your chance so pick up some athletic greens for me and again i think you guys will see and feel the difference so before i even kick into uh today's episode talking about fat loss and muscle gaining goals I wanted to share something uh, from a snippet that uh, I believe Ursa uh, had put together, which is like the governing body of fitness here for us. And my fitness professional people, you obviously know what I'm talking about. And I'm just going to share a small snippet here. And I think it's it, it's vital that, uh, you know, 
we fight, you know, uh, disease and infection and unhealthiness with fitness. Now, obviously, there's medicine and there's medical professionals, and then we all play a part together. And, and I truly believe that. And if in no time in life have you understood how important your health is, which is baffling to me because without your health, you literally have nothing. It does not matter if you have $10 million and you drive a Ferrari and you live in a 10,000 square foot house. If you feel like shit and you move like shit, the quality of your life sucks. It does not matter how rich you are. And when you can't buy your health back, what is the quality of everything else? I would argue there really is no quality. And so this snippet uh, was just taken um, from a post talking about how I do believe that the health and fitness industry at this time in life has been put in a box that it shouldn't be in. Uh, We have been made out to be, you know, it's where people are getting sick and it's terrible and you shouldn't go to the gym and you shouldn't work out because it's unsafe and it's this. And obviously that statistically has been disproven 8 million times before. And what I want to share with you is this, and I quote, it has never been more important for Americans to get healthy and stay healthy. Heart disease is the leading cause of death in the United States, killing one person every 36 seconds. Let that sink in if you're driving in your car, you're doing your cardio, you're actually on your fitness journey right now. I'm going to repeat that so you really let it hit home. Heart disease is the leading cause of death in the United States, and it kills one person every 36 seconds, and there is nothing, there is nothing close to rival that. More than 34 million Americans have diabetes. More than 34 million Americans have diabetes. Over 40% of adults are classified as obese. Collectively, these conditions also increase the mortality rate of those people who would contract something like COVID. So now, my friends, is the time to fight these diseases with fitness and protect your health. I'll end the little rant there. I just think if we as a a collective group of humans and i'm not a fan of the media you guys know that i don't watch the news i because fear sells facts don't i'll repeat that again fears sell facts don't if we reported real statistics if we reported real numbers on things the way that we've been reporting stuff this year i think people would be like holy shit Heart disease is the thing that we should be the most scared of. And that's something that's in the control of most people. And the fact that 34 million Americans have diabetes when millions and millions and millions of them do not have to have that is utterly fucking insane to me. That you are in control of that. And so while we can preach all the other stuff we've been talking about this year and the sanitizing protocols and all that jazz is cool. Heart disease is still dropping a person about every half minute. And we don't really seem to give a shit. And so I I do think it's important to really understand that you are in control of what you eat, what you drink, how you sleep, and how active you are every single day. And you can control that. Nobody else. So And rant here. I'm going to touch on the stuff we're going to get to today. But I just, I had to say that because I think that stat is super daunting. And if every single day you got on on the news um, and every single day you got on social media and they updated the numbers of how many people died of uh, heart disease, it would be pretty shocking, and I think that would, would freak you out more than anything else they're reporting on these days. But yet they don't do that because for some reason they have not made that uh, you know a, a priority to educate people. And again, I always say it, follow the money, because I do think a lot of things are 
not in the best interest of uh, the world economically if if we were all healthy and we're all fiscally responsible and and everything else connected to that but with that fat loss muscle gain what does realistic progress look like well the first thing i think you have to understand you know the true goal and what success looks like to you and i've talked about this many times before success means a lot of things to a lot of different people and in the circle of people that i've been fortunate enough to hang out with the ones that i would consider uh, my peers my friends mentors in some way although i think we kind of all mentor each other we don't say because someone makes a lot of money they're successful we'll say they're financially successful but that's one lane and i think you have to look at your fitness goals the same too some people look a certain way but maybe they don't have the performance aspect of it some people might perform well but they don't look the part. And there's all these different areas and metrics of which we can measure success by. So it starts with finding out like what you ultimately hope to achieve. And if you're a coach or a trainer out there, it's you finding out like what your clients ultimately want to achieve. You know, if you're listening to me, like, do you want to lose a few pounds and get healthier? Do you want to fit into your clothes? Do you want to pack on 15 pounds of muscle? Do you want to be shredded and have visible abs, even for a short term, or do you want it 365? You know, do you want, you know, glutes that rival JLOs? Whatever it may be, you just have to have a real clear understanding of what you're envisioning and what that looks like. And you want to be in agreement, you know, with what your mind is willing to do and, and what your body is physically going to do and what you're going to follow through with. And it's it's asking more questions and probably digging deeper so let's say you're the person out there listening who wants to lose 20 pounds you know what do you picture that looks like and a lot of people i think underestimate how much fat they'd have to lose to achieve certain body composition i really think when people walk in here to me and i we have so many amazing people here but obviously over the course of time i've met thousands and thousands and thousands of people and I think they underestimate sometimes how tough it is. And uh, they might think that they have to, to drop 20 pounds. And when in fact, it's probably more like 40 if they really want to attain, quote unquote, the look that they're striving for. Or maybe the goal is just you want to be healthier. And, you know, how will you know when you arrive at healthier? Are you picturing better blood work? And if so, what are the specific measures that you are concerned about if you want to be healthier and that's why i say digging deeper and trying to get more precise with your goals and what they actually look like now i'm not saying you have to just harp on the goals i'm more a fan of the process but you have to set the specific target and then create the processes to get there just like if you said you want to gain muscle are you okay with gaining some fat too because i think a lot of people you know when they say and, and i'm going to generalize here and say dudes and all, all dudes, but we're, I'm a man, and we're stupid. That's a, a defect of our kind above that, like uh, fake self-confidence and uh, all these other things that we have uh, that is literally wrong with our thought processes. But I'll get guys that come in here and say, I want to gain more muscle. And I'm like, where you okay with gaining fat too? And in their brain, I think they, they see themselves as the rock or, or maybe just like a, a more jacked version of themselves. Or what I do hear a lot is, well, Jeremy, I... I'd like to look like you. Not understanding that 
you know, even I genetically have to die to look like me every single day and give this consistent, you know, almost robotic freak like effort day after day after day after day. Now at this point, it just, it's become who I am and it's ingrained in me, but I'll be real with you. It's Friday right now. It's three 30. Um, I was in here at four or something this morning, uh, before our groups to get set up and rocking and rolling. And, uh, I'm going to have to work out after this because that's, that's the only time I had free and that's where I'm at with it. And a lot of people is the juice worth the squeeze to get in a workout on a late Friday after you've worked probably about 80 hours this week and you have to get up and get your ass up in here early again tomorrow and work and then work out and train. So that's why I say, do you really understand what it's going to take? And if people say, well, they just want to look, you know, muscular, getting leaner might actually help people achieve that goal faster. And as the saying goes, losing fat is the fastest way to looking big. Losing fat is the fastest way you guys can look big. And I always say, you're never going to be the biggest guy in the gym. I mean, obviously somebody is, but the odds of it being you is, is few and far between. If it is, you're probably in the wrong gym. And genetically, you just got to be real with yourself. Like, I always use Brock Lesnar as the example. Obviously, I'm from Minnesota. I grew up uh, watching Brock uh, well before you know, his uh, WWF days and, and UFC days uh, when he was actually wrestling at the U. And uh, he's a big man. Uh, even as a uh, college student, if you want to call him that, he has a head about four times the size of mine. And his neck looks like it's about as big as my, my quad and hamstring together. He was always going to be a big dude. Um, I have the wrists, if you're watching on YouTube, of about a seventh grade girl. And uh, I was never going to be as big as Brock, no matter what. My head is like a little peanut. And uh, there's nothing I can do to build the, the thickness of my skull. It's just, it, it is what it is. And so I'm a fan of, if you want to look more muscular, the leaner you get, you have the appearance of being jacked. You look like, oh, wow. And people say this all the time. Oh, man, you're so big. How did you do it? When people here make a transformation, guys here, they lose 30 pounds. And they become, their body fat is substantially lower. They look, they're way leaner. They're ripped. And they'd be like, oh man, you look jacked. And they're saying that because the definition, the cuts, the shadows, the creases give the appearance of being bigger. And I'm always a fan of conditioning. I think you can, the conditioning sells. The conditioning looks better. You move better. You feel better. You might not look as full in your t-shirt, but when you take the shirt off, like, then you can tell, right? It's kind of like the guy who has the Ferrari. He doesn't have to floor it at the line because he just knows. When he does, it's there. It's the same thing with that. Like you might be 15 pounds less, but you look 10 times better and you have the appearance of being more jacked because you're cut and you're dice. And that's what I'm talking about. Or if you want to go the extreme route with your goals, right? Like if you want to have a six pack, are you really prepared for what that entails? Because for a lot of people, achieving that type of physique often requires a great amount of exercise, a more restrictive diet, and a less flexible lifestyle. And what's more, if you've been, you know, for lack of a better term, over fat for a long time, it could come with loose skin and some other things that are, you know, less than ideal for you to look at. And so I'm trying to walk you guys through desired scenarios so you can help better choose the path and what's most important to you. And I want to make sure that the trade-offs are clear. If you guys have listened to my podcast before, 
on the cost of getting lean. I don't think I could in detail it any better than I did there. Um, this is going to be a little bit different route, but I do think that paints the picture, you know, of what you're willing to go through to get everything you want. And that's why I always say, is the juice worth the squeeze? And for a lot of people, it isn't. And, and there's just no other way I can say that. And the way I would phrase it is, you know, there's trade-offs that you're going to have to make to reach your goals. And, you know, for, you know, comparison, there's going to be certain outcomes that are required. And are you willing to make those trade-offs to reach your goals? And the reason I say that is I think of life this way. You can be ripped 24-7, 365, but you're going to have to exercise a certain way. You're going to have to eat a certain way. You're going to have to go to sleep at a certain time. You're going to have to give up things that probably your friends and family won't give up and they won't understand. And that's what it's probably going to require for most people. I don't think that's worth it unless this is your life. And unless it is so important to you, you feel like you can't breathe without it. I think of living in, for me, the neighborhood that's you know probably a mile down the street from me, where the homes typically are selling for you know, two and a half to up to probably $10 million. The juice isn't worth the squeeze to me to live there. Could I work really hard and pay for that and make those house payments every month? For surely I could. I'm not a moron. I know how to make money and save money. I go, but it would take this Herculean effort for me to live there every day comfortably. And what I mean is I would be so stressed, you know, to make the payments and make repairs and live my entire life. I'd be giving up you know, freedom, for sure. I'd be giving up, you know, peace of mind. I'd probably be giving up sleep sometimes because I'd be stressed. I'd have to run my business a different way. I would have to alter everything about my life just to live in that structure because making a, a house payment on a $4 million house is substantial for anybody, especially for, you know, a gorilla like me who just hangs out in a warehouse most days. And when I think about it, the quality of my life would go down drastically if I was to live somewhere like that. And this is not about me living in a $4 million house, but the reason I compare it to that is because for many of you, I think the quality of your life would go down drastically if you had to wake up and work out every single day and restrict your eating every single day and be so regimented about when you go to sleep and skip happy hours and parties and do certain things and be so dedicated tracking every macro and doing every single thing perfect to achieve this you know, ripped, shredded physique when it's not naturally conducive to your lifestyle and who you are and what you do. And again, for some of you, it is worth it. Uh, and I'm not judging, but I just know, I know the price you pay for it and I know what it takes. And if I'm being completely honest, I don't know if I was selling insurance or if I was a financial advisor, if I would be this ripped as I am today. Part of me thinks, you know, I would want to say yes, but if I'm being completely honest, there's no way. Like, there's just no point to, to be, to keep this much lean tissue and to, to keep my body fat this low if I'm just selling insurance every day, if I'm just being a financial advisor, because I can be healthy, you know, 20 pounds heavier than this. I can be healthy with my body fat being 10% higher than it is. I'm still a healthy person. I can still run, jump, move. I can do all the same things. I just don't look the, the same way. And I might not have the exact same performance, but it's not like I can't go hike a mountain or go play with friends and do different stuff. I can still be healthy somewhere in the middle. And I think for a lot of you listening, that's what is the realistic 
goal. That's what's the realistic idea of, of how you want to live your life. And I think that for almost everybody with everything. So in everything in life, whether it's you're trying to be the CEO, you know, at a Fortune 100 company or 500 company, if you're trying to live in the $4 million house, if you're trying to have six-pack abs, you have to ask yourself, is the juice worth the squeeze? And you have to be realistic when you're talking about timelines for fat loss, for muscle gain, and everything in between. Now, I'm going to break those down here for you guys real quick. So how fast can you lose body fat? You know, and I guess it depends on how consistent you can be and uh, how consistent you want to be. And these would be general guidelines for everybody. So realistic rates of fat loss per week. Extreme, I would say two to three pounds is extreme for fat loss. What's reasonable for fat loss? Uh, One to two pounds per week. What is comfortable for most people? Probably about half a pound per week. Now, obviously, this is going to vary uh, depending on how big you are and where you are in your fitness journey, but I repeat that. And that's if you're a man. I need to preface that. If you're a man and you want extreme, you know, fat loss, two to three pounds is really extreme and that's really fast. One to two pounds is reasonable, but it takes a lot of effort. And to be comfortable, I would say under a pound a week, about a half a pound or so, give or take. If you're a woman, extreme maybe a pound and a half to two and a half pounds, that's really, really quick. Reasonable, maybe 0.8 pounds to about a pound and a half, and then comfortable under that 0.8 pounds, maybe less than a a half a pound per week. And I guess here's how you would kind of quantify each of those categories. For extreme, that would require you guys to have about 90 to 100% consistency every single week. And that doesn't mean do it for three weeks and then say and then fuck off for week number four because that's going to put you so far behind. That's what I'm talking about here. And we'll talk about linear uh, weight loss, fat loss, muscle gain in a second. But if you're trying to lose, you know, two, three pounds a week, that would be extreme depending where you are in your fitness journey. And that's going to require 90 to 100% consistency. Reasonable, you guys losing, you know, a pound to a pound and a half a week. That's going to require probably 70, 80, 85% consistency and to be comfortable dropping like maybe half a pound a week, give or take, you probably have to be consistent 50 to 65% of the time. Now, it, it really depends on your genetics, where you're at in your fitness journey. There's a lot of things that are going to factor into this. And I'll talk about that as we kind of go through today. But it's important to realize this. Fat loss is rarely linear. Fat loss is rarely linear. It fluctuates, you guys, day to day and week to week. And the goal is to see an overall trend downward over time. So over time, you're losing fat, losing weight, and that's how it's going to go. But it's not going to happen every single day at the same rate. In some weeks, it'll be more. Some weeks, it'll be less. And that's okay. You have to look at it as a whole. And I'll get people come in and say, oh, I didn't lose any weight this week. I'm like, who gives a shit? Like, what does it matter? It's like it's like someone saying, oh, the stock market dropped 400 points this week. I'm like, who cares? You're retiring today? Like, it's irrelevant. This is a, it's a, it's a long game. It's a long journey. And if you look at it, well, last week I lost four pounds. And this week I lost zero. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Because if the scope of a year, if that's how you're gauging it, and you lost on average a pound a week for 52 weeks, you lost 52 pounds. Who gives a shit if it was one pound every week or four pounds this week and zero pounds this week and three pounds the next week? As long as at the end, you're getting to where you want to go, you have to understand that. So think of your fat loss 
and that weight loss, kind of like the stock market, it's going to go up and down. It's okay. Bear markets, bull markets. You lost some weight, you didn't lose some weight. doesn't matter. It's the overall scope of what you're doing. So don't get confused and just be so deterred by these short-term metrics. And when something doesn't go right, you, you freak out and panic and you sell all your stocks or you abandon you know, your program and you abandon the process. Just trust the process. Trust the black on the white and just see things through. And understand fat loss is often fast when one, you're first starting out so the initial fat loss will be quick. That's always what happens. Typically, if you have terrible eating habits and you come in and do anything, it's going to work. The, the people we see with the biggest changes up front here, they're the people who were eating like a bag of shit and weren't doing, they weren't doing a fucking thing. And then they come in here and they, they track macros a little bit and they stop eating you know fast food three times a day and they come in here three days a week and sweat their ass off and then go for a couple walks. Well, yeah. It's going to be fast. You're, you're making a major shift in your lifestyle. So fat loss is quick, one, when you're first starting out, and two, obviously, when you have more fat to lose. If you're 400 pounds and you need to be down to 200, it's going to happen quick. If you only got 10 pounds to lose, it's not going to happen as fast. These, these are common sense things, so understand that. And don't be discouraged when it slows down. It should. Be excited that you got the initial burst up front and you got to dump a lot of stuff quickly. That's a great thing. And the reason I say it is, you have to understand this. If you're normally eating 3,500 calories a day and maintaining your body weight, and suddenly you start to eat 2,000 calories a day, you've created a massive deficit of 1,500 calories per day. That, my friends, is going to lead to rapid fat loss. So the worse you're doing up front, the minimal changes make a huge difference. Now, once you start to lose body weight, the deficit's going to become smaller and smaller and smaller slowing fat loss because a smaller body is going to require fewer calories this should be common sense as the process continues your metabolism is going to adapt lowering your calories is going to have to happen even more than you'd expect from you know just you trying to just do weight loss alone so what you're going to have to do is become more efficient at exercising and reducing the number of calories you burn through movement and if that's not enough, you might even have to exercise, let's say, less frequently and intensely because you now have less energy coming in. And that's the one thing I want to touch on just super quick. I think sometimes people think it's always more exercise, more exercise, more exercise. It's not the case. To be real with you now, I train, I still train hard. I do. Um, I don't do as much stupid stuff because I don't have an ego anymore. It's not like I'm not trying to impress anybody. 99% of the time here, I train by myself. The Sunday Metcons that we do here, it's low barrier exercises, either light loads or like aerobic stuff on the bike row and ski. And uh, I, the only way you can, you can't really hurt yourself. You can make yourself sick to your stomach, which is, it's, you're not going to hurt anything other than just, you're going to feel like, you know, dog shit uh, for about 30 minutes or an hour afterwards and have a, a terrible cough. But uh, there's nothing dangerous about it. And I still do work out hard, but I my training time is so much less. I still do something every single day, but I'm not working out for two hours a day. A, my joints can't handle it. Uh, there's only so many fitness checks I can cash. And sometimes my workouts are an hour and 10 minutes. Sometimes my workouts are 30 minutes. Sometimes they're 42 minutes. It, it just really depends on, on what I need to get done in the scope of the day. But overall, 
my workout time is less than these old school two hour workouts I would do. And sometimes going to the gym twice a day and doing that. And there might be days here where I do a loading sequence and then we might film some content and I test stuff. So I'm technically working out, you know, two times in a day, but it's not like it was when I was 24 years old and I was a dipshit. And I share that because my exercise is less frequent and not as hard on my joints as it once was, but I'm also eating less. And that's the key. I don't want to have to, you know, work out more just so I can eat food. I personally feel like, well, I had a good workout, but I, I didn't work out for three hours. So I'm not starving. So I don't have to eat as much. And me doing that, eating less and training an appropriate amount, I feel I look the best I've ever looked. And I'm the leanest I've ever been overall 24, 7, 365. Back in the day, it would be like I would be ripped for like a week or so, like, you know, it's all relative. Like we would, I would do a show or a photo shoot and it's like, you kind of stay close to that shape, but not every day. Now at this point, I feel like every single day I could just take my shirt off and show up to any production and any shoot and we can pop on video and we do it here all the time and I could just film it. And I'm like, I don't have to do anything special. There's no cutting. There's no added cardio. There's no uh, depleting of carbohydrates. I just kind of live my life every single day in this same mode. And I feel the best that way. And that comes from not being an idiot in terms of exercising so much where I'm so hungry, I'm eating and I'm just in this perpetual circle. So understand that's going to be part of your journey too, depending on how you guys, you know, go about your health and fitness. And so that's why I'm not a fan of like, Oh, Jeremy, I went out for a 10 mile run today and I did a workout. I'm like, well, you're probably starving and it's probably going to lead you to overeating. And I think that's a, a thing we don't talk about enough for the people who really get into uh, their fitness journey. And the leaner you become, the slower your rate of fat loss and the more plateaus you're going to experience. That's real. Uh, the leaner you guys get, the slower your rate of fat loss and the more plateaus you're going to hit. And this is normal. And you have to understand that um, it does lead to better progress too. And what I mean is you're going to be less likely to throw in the towel uh, when fat loss stalls for a week or two when you understand that this is part of the journey and you have to think of your fat loss as like this very long road trip and if you know you're going into it that way you might have to stop for food you might have to stop for bathroom breaks and you're probably going to have a traffic jam or a construction detour um, but that's like any road trip right almost nothing is all green lights almost nothing is straight highways the whole time you never have to stop to pee or for gas or anything else but you will on your health and fitness journey you will in your life in general in your career in uh, paying off debt in accumulating wealth whatever it may be that's life life is a long road trip you guys and there is bathroom breaks and there is flat tires and there is certain things you're going to have to stop and adjust along the way it's not always going to be smooth sailing and so you have to be mentally prepared for that. And uh, if you can understand that going in, it's a valuable lesson you're going you're gonna to hold with you as you kind of head down the road. Now, if we go to the flip side of this, for all my people out there, well, Jeremy, I'm, I'm trying to gain muscle. I, I don't need to lose fat. Fair enough. Your ability to gain muscle, my friends, is going to depend on your age, uh, your biological sex, your genetics, and your consistency with food intake along with your resistance training experience, intensity, frequency, style, volume, among other things. And I've always said this, gaining muscle 
is much harder than losing fat. And I think fat loss is hard. And I think gaining muscle is even tougher because I am naturally an ectomorph. I'm a naturally lean dude. I'm a naturally, I guess what you would call skinny person growing up. So for me, I have to do certain things with my body that I wouldn't suggest to an endomorph or a mesomorph. But for ectomorphs, I feel your pain. I was a dude who had to eat, 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 eat all the time until you're bloated and, you know, you're shitting your pants and you're a fart monster and it's just not fun just to gain a pound here or there. And uh, you got to be real patient with that. You really do. Take it from me. Uh, I've lived through it for a long time. I was, you know, my young dude, Jacob here, who uh, who worked with us for three years. He just got a new job. Congrats, Jacob. And uh, he's, how old is he now? 25 or 26? He's 25 or 26. And so I met him at, you know, 22, 23, 24. What am I about? 23 years old, something like that. And uh, all the time, you know, he's, what does he weigh, 160 some pounds, or maybe he weighs 170 pounds, I don't know. But he always wanted to be 180 or 190 and 200. He wanted to be jacked and ripped at the same time. Well, don't we all? It's like wanting to to be super rich and not work. I I get it. It sounds appealing. uh, But if you know somebody who has $10 million and doesn't work at all, send me their email. I'm happy to connect with them. Same for the guy who, you know, gained 20 pounds of muscle and zero body fat in a year. It just, it doesn't happen. It's hard to do. You have to be realistic with the muscle gain that can happen like, you know, per month or per year, even for a lot of you guys. And every young dude wants to do that. I was guilty of it as well. Just like Jacob was just like a lot of the dudes out there listening to me right now. It is really hard to do you guys. Uh, I, I can't say that enough. So if we're talking beginner, if you're a dude, amount of muscle you can gain in a month, if you're on the beginner level. Now, these were these are going to be like the beginner gains, we call them, and I'll, I'll go into detail in a second on that. The beginning level, you're probably looking, you can gain maybe a pound and a half to two and a half pounds a month of muscle, and that is ridiculously quick. Like, that is insanely quick. If you're a woman, uh, half a pound to a pound in a month, I think, if you're at the beginner level. So these are your beginner gains. These are the these are the biggest jumps you're ever going to make. Now, some of you, it can be later in life a little bit. Uh, realistically, I think BJ Gador once was like, you know, if you could go back and, and train at 13 years old, that would be the best time for you to start building muscle. And I believe that age range training is real. It's real for sports. It's real for coordination. It's real for everything. And uh, I'm living proof of it for sure. You know, one of the best things uh, my parents did for me was let me play sports. And one of the, the luckiest things I had is I lived down the street from my best friend, his name's Connor Stoltz, and his brother, Jess Stoltz, and uh, just very athletic kids, and uh, it raises you to your ability level. Now, obviously, you have to have some genetics, so, you know, Perry and Janet, you know, combined to make me, and, uh, you know, naturally, I was just, I could jump high, uh, and I could run fast, you know, and uh, I had coordination to, to catch and do things. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't throw a football. Not great. Baseball is okay. Football, throwing football is always tough for me. But my point is, is that I, I genetically had some gifts and I lived next to these two super athletic kids and, and uh, Jess was Connor's brother. He's always bigger than us. So, hey, he's a dude that was, he was bigger than us and he was faster than us and he could beat the shit out of us. And so it's like you trained, right? Like you trained, you would wrestle, you would fight, you would sprint, you would run, you would jump, you would play sports, you would get your ass beat. And one of the best things my parents did was, hey, let me play sports and let me hang out with these the neighborhood kids. 
but two, buy me one of those little plastic, like cheap weight sets. So we had one in, in our apartment and uh, we had like this plastic weight bench and like the plastic weights that had sand in them. Sometimes you could put water in them and I would do those. And then we had this uh, like entertainment center, this old entertainment center where I'm an old person. So you have your TV in it and like the VCR and all that shit. And in the bottom, it had these creases for your feet. And I would literally like sit out there and watch Michael Jordan play on WGN and I would put my feet in and I would do sit-ups and I would do push-ups and I would do bodyweight squats and I would do curls and I would do shoulder presses with these plastic weights. And I would do that a lot um, because I thought it was cool because I grew up on Rambo. I grew up on Arnold and Predator and Terminator and I thought that was stuff was great. And so age range training is real. The younger you can start, the better off it's going to be. And so for me, because your body in that time frame when you're, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, it's like you're on natural steroids. It's like you're, because your hormones are just whacked. When you're a dude, you get a boner every 10 minutes. You guys know what I'm talking about. You're in sixth grade and you're walking around, you get a boner every five minutes. And sometimes it's not even because you saw, you know, the hot girl who's next to you. It's just because your, your testosterone is going through the roof. And that's us as young men. So are we? that's your beginner gains stage. That's you training on natural steroids. Now, those days are probably past for most of you. So if you can you're starting your training or you're really getting serious about it. If you gain one to two pounds of muscle a month as a dude, that's super fast. The intermediate level, probably 0.75 pounds to 1.2 pounds. If you're a female, maybe 0.3 pounds, about half a pound. If you're an advanced level dude and you're really trying to put on muscle, you're talking like 0.3 pounds to about 0.6 pounds, just over half a pound a month. And if you're a female, you're probably talking about a quarter, about 0.25 0.25 pounds per month if you're in the advanced stages and that's the, the part that sucks because the more advanced you are obviously the harder it's going to be to make progress now much like fat loss muscle gain is often not linear either my friends that's what you have to remember much like fat loss muscle gain is not linear either the progress seems to come in fits and spurts especially after the first year of your dedicated training and it's not uncommon to see a young guy gain 15 to 25 pounds of muscle in their first year of dedicated training in that beginner stage. Again, that's what I'm talking about, that beginner gains, right? And, you know, they may be able to add even another 10 to 15 pounds in that second year. And after that, it, it slowly just stops. Like, I'm not saying stops forever, but after those first two, you know, years for the beginners, it, it really does get slow because genetically there's only so much you can do with what you got. And uh, it just, you, you cap out basically after about that kind of 40 pound range, at least what I've seen for most people. And I'll talk about that myself. So if I'm being realistic, when I was in college playing sports, and again, it's, it's so aerobic, you know, when you're training so much and, and admittedly I was you know, drinking a lot of booze and uh, eating pizza and just eating like shit and, and abusing my body. Um, I probably weighed about 170 pounds. And it was just hard to put on weight. I wasn't eating, you know, the right way to do it. Whether I could or not, it's hard to say. Uh, If I could go back, obviously I would do things different, but, you know, I I can't. And it was about 170 pounds at 20, you know, two years old. And now, you know, obviously I'm sitting here about 15 years later and I'm about 40 pounds heavier. And uh, I've probably, I probably got to 200 pounds at... 20 well I got real big at first so I got a puffy big I got to 237 is the heaviest I've ever been and uh, I look like a big uh, moon face uh, turd so that's not a, it was not a good look for me um, but I probably looked good at 200 pounds when I was 20 
probably 27, 28 years old is the first time I got to 200 pounds. Now I'm about 210, uh, give or take. But uh, I gained a lot of that weight. I went from like 170 to probably 190 in the scope of probably two, probably two and a half, three years. And so that was my beginner gains phase. And after that, I, I kind of capped out at like the 40 pounds. And I'll, I'll talk about that a little more in detail. But if you're a woman um, and you can see gains of 8 to 12 pounds of muscle in your first year of dedicated training, again, this is your beginner phase, along with maybe another 4 to 6 pounds in the second year, intermediate phase, I think that would be realistic. And after the first three or so years of dedicated training, which would put you in the advanced training, and I'm talking serious training here, um, it takes years of persistence to make incremental gains in your body and that's the tough part and that's why I would say when people come in here and they're like well they're discouraged at first because things aren't moving as fast as they want to I'm like well you're seeing progress like week by week you're seeing progress month by month and I always use myself as the example because I'm I'm just like everybody else we're all the we're all the fucking same and uh, I'm like well at least you guys are seeing results what, what am I getting excited for I'm serious. Like, what am I getting jacked for? Like, I'm going to gain a bunch of muscle. I guess I, I could try. I'm a 37 year old dude. How much more muscle am I going to gain? I could eat way more, but there's going to be fat that comes along with it. I'm not really interested in that. I don't want to, you know, I already wear XL t-shirts. I don't want to you know, go bigger than that. And it make doing things like hiking the Grand Canyon, you know, even harder. And okay, I'm going to be leaner. Well, how much leaner can I be every single day? I already have abs 24, seven, 365. I could be leaner, but what's the cost of it? And the point of me saying that is it, it's so hard for me to see progress at all. And I do see incremental progress because I'm, I'm consistently training over and over and over again. So I'll see quad development or hamstrings or glutes or certain things, but not things that you guys would probably notice. So when you're in that early phase, don't be discouraged. You should be excited and jacked because you're seeing stuff happen consistently, you know, for the first couple of years. And then when you get to be an old dude like me who's trained forever, you're like, well, fuck. You know, it, it basically, it's like, I can only probably, I, I don't want to say get worse. That's, that's not, that's a bad way to look at it. But I'm like, am I going to get stronger? Probably not. You know, in certain areas you will. So you have to start really just looking outside the scope of how we judge success and progress, which leads me back to what does success look like for you guys? So over the course of like your lifting career, if you're a dude, you probably have the potential to gain about 40 to 50 pounds of muscle. And so if I started off like really training, and again, I, I worked out my whole life. I don't want to, to say that I, from a young kid, all the way played sports, always lifted, sometimes bro lifting, sometimes strength training, sometimes a mix of it all the way through high school and obviously college. But from ages 22 till now, I've never missed a day. I've trained all the time and I've gained about 40 pounds of legit muscle and I'm leaner now at 210 pounds than I was at 170. I don't know genetically if I could get to be 220 and be this lean. It's really tough because I live lean every day. I could be 220 for sure and still have abs, but it wouldn't be the same conditioning. So I feel happy right here now. I don't got to really do anything crazy with my eating other than make sure I don't put you know cookies and pizza in my face every day. But that's kind of where I'm fitting in. And this is kind of where I feel good and happy. And I feel like I kind of have a, you know, a good balance here right now. And and so I'm the dude. I'm the man who had the potential to gain 40, 50 pounds of muscle. And I'm right in that 40 to 50 pound range. If you're a woman, 
you probably have a potential to gain 20 to 25 pounds. Now, obviously, this depends. And, and I say that women, because men have testosterone naturally, it's, it's way higher than women. That's what allows us to do this. We have no other special talents at all. In fact, women, you have a way higher pain threshold. Uh, I believe you're much smarter than us when it comes to training. I believe you're also probably more patient than we are. We just genetically have uh, the hormones uh, to create muscle tissue. That's it. So now these numbers, these, these depend on obviously your height, your bone structure, your genetics, and uh, without the help of performance enhancing drugs. Obviously, if you're going to take a shitload of uh, growth hormones or, you know, uh, steroids, uh, Winstrol, Deca, Trend, whatever, uh, HGH, uh, if you're doing uh, tons of testosterone outside the scope of like a, a therapeutic medical dose, yeah, you can get way fucking bigger than that. But then you have to be, you know, is the juice worth the squeeze? How much drugs can your body handle for what you're doing? But I'm just trying to talk the natural route here. So for realistic rates of, of muscle gain, the emphasis is, is on young men and young women under the age of 30. That's what I'm talking about. The, the, the maximal gain rates will probably be for young men and women under the age of 30. Testosterone and other sex hormones are high during this time of your life. Um, as is the, the cellular turnover and the overall recovery capacity and the key factors of muscle growth, which are your cellular turnover, your overall recovery capacity, and your testosterone and the hormones in your body. Because believe it or not, as you get older, it's harder to recover. And uh, I've said this before many times, I can tell the days here when I train hard the day before, I wake up the next day. Yeah, I'm, muscle soreness is fine. I can gut through that. I'm talking like it steals your life energy. And I get up early, so there's days I walk in here and I'm like, man, I feel like I got hit by a fucking bus. And I'm like, what is that? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. You did split squats and deadlifts and you pushed a sled yesterday. You don't have any life energy, bro. You're not 22 anymore. You can't play four basketball games in a day and eat Burger King and wake up and, and do it again the next day. Um, I got to be really mindful and I got to really pick my spots. And I think all of you have to after the age of 30 and many of you even before that. I just think it's a smart way uh, to go about what you're doing. And obviously, older men and women usually add less muscle and at a slower rate due to, obviously, the changes we listed above. But I do think you can still, you know, gain a significant amount of muscle after your 20s. Uh, but for the most part, it's going to depend on whether or not you still have a fair amount of room to reach your 40 to 50 pound range and your 20 to 25 pound range for women. And that's what you have to ask yourself. Where did I start gaining muscle at on my fitness journey and how many pounds am I realistically in? And I think that will kind of give you a realistic uh, idea. And again, everybody's different. We're all individuals, and that's the, that's the beauty of it. Some people gain muscle way faster, and, and some people gain, or excuse me, lose fat way quicker. It's just, it, it's genetic gifts, and you can't do anything about it. We always want what we don't have, right? Like if you're the guy who naturally can build muscle, you want to be leaner. And if you're the guy who's paper thin, you you want to be jacked. I get it, but... You just have to be happy with, with what your mom and dad and, and God and the universe gave you, and you really can't change that. You can only do so much. You know, if you got a 40-inch waist, you got a 40-inch waist. If you got a 28-inch waist, you got a 20-inch waist. If you got, you know, giant calves or you got, you know, baby high calves, you just you got to really just be like, hey, man, this is this is what I got. I got to work with what I have, and, I, and I, you can't hate on yourself. And a lot of people are guilty of that. You also have to identify a likely rate of fat loss and muscle gain for each individual person if you're a coach out there. And so 
when I run through these here, we're going to consider the realistic rates of fat loss and muscle gain and the upper limits of what can be achieved in a given time frame. So how do you adjust the number based on the person and the condition? Well, what makes fat loss harder? Obviously being older, and it's easier if you're younger. It's harder if you're a female. It's easier if you're a male. This is just reality. Men on average, if you're looking, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it's probably on average are 10% leaner than women just naturally. So a man who's at 10% would approximately be like the woman who's at 20%. That's just how it is. And I think they'll look comparable for each sex for that. A dude at 20% and a woman at 20% are vastly different. A dude at 10% is in good shape. A woman at 10% is like ripped to the bone, probably has shreds in her glutes and has, you know, ripped abs like me. And that's, that's what we're talking about here. So what makes fat loss harder is if you have more body fat, um, it's easier. Um, if you're relatively leaner, obviously, um, well, I'm gonna repeat, let me switch around. Sorry. I'm losing my, it's Friday. I haven't had enough coffee yet. It's harder fat loss. If you're already super lean, to get leaner, obviously the harder in your journey. If you have more body fat, obviously it's going to be easier for you to do. And if your current activity level is minimal, it's tougher. Um, obviously, if you guys um, have a high activity level, the fat loss is going to be a lot easier for you to do. The big thing is probably consistency for you guys. If you can consistently show up every single day, it's going to be easier for you. The recovery aspect of it, it's going to be harder to lose fat if you're sleeping less than probably six or seven hours per night. I think fat loss is going to be easier if you were sleeping at least seven plus eight, nine hours per night. Um, it's going to help with everything. Hormones, stress for sure, which is the next thing. Excessive stress um, or the perception of, of excessive stress is going to be tougher for you guys to get lean. That's why I say, you know, I, I don't think I could be this person if I was doing a, a job I hated and you know, I was super stressed out about my craft or like a... That's why I've lived my life this way, so I can try to give back information and, and share exercise and share my gift to other people because if I had a house payment, if I had car payments, if I had student loan payments, if I was drowning in these consumer things, which I'm not judging anybody who has them, that's fine. I know for me, though, that would cause excessive stress, and that would fuck with my hormones. That would mess with my leptin, uh, mess with my insulin, and I don't think my hormones would be in healthy ranges, and I wouldn't be able to be this lean and this healthy and this happy and produce the way that I do. So for me, I'm willing to create an ecosystem and a life that allows me to have less stress than the average person, and I need to operate that way. And I think you guys find it's the same. The more stress you have in the, your life, the harder it's going to be for you get, to get lean. Simple as that. Uh, there's no there's no way around it. I really don't think so. Also medications. Uh, what makes fat loss harder? Birth control um, and depressants tend to. Um, health status for a lot of people, uh, menopause, hyperthyroidism, uh, Cushing syndrome, depression, all those things make it, uh, make it tougher for sure. And the same goes for gaining muscle. What makes it harder? If you're over 40, uh, if you're female, if you have a small bone structure, if you have more body fat, um, if you're not consistent, same goes for this. It's hard to gain muscle if you're not sleeping at least seven hours per night. Again, same scenario, excessive stress. If you have high cortisol levels, 
if you're on acne medication, ADHD medication, if you're on thyroid drugs, I think that will be tougher for you to gain lean tissue. Also, if you suffer from depression, um, hyperthyroidism, all these things make it tough for you to gain muscle. Now, if you're under 30, if you're a male, if you have a larger frame or bigger bone structure, if you're relatively lean, if you can sleep seven, eight, nine hours per night, if you're not super stressed and your hormones are in healthy ranges, you're going to have an easier time building muscle. So you have to ask yourself, is the lifestyle I'm living outside the gym conducive to me really optimally burning fat, being lean, or is it conducive to me actually putting on muscle and size and tissue? And only you can answer that. And I'm not telling you how to live your life. I'm just, these are just the facts. This is just cut and dry how it is. So if you're super stressed about your career and your life and what's going, and obviously this season of life has, you know, been a dumpster fire for the best of us. Uh, But take that into consideration and you look at the scope of your life the last 10 years, is your career, is the way that you've set up your life and where you live and what you drive and what you do and how you operate, is that what's holding you back more than your effort of consistency in the gym? Or is that lifestyle holding you back from being consistent in the gym? And is it causing you stress so you can't sleep enough and so you can't get as lean as you want or build as much muscle as you want? That's why I always say, It's so much harder than you understand to be at optimal health when you're not doing everything else in your life the right way. I'm talking a lot about this, and some of you listening who, if you're you're new to what we do here, or you haven't met with me in person or done our programs or read any of our books, you're probably like, why the fuck is this dude talking about all these things outside of just training and eating? Because, my friends, that... (laughs) that plays an even bigger part than what I'm talking about here. That's why a lot of the things we say here and the t-shirts I make, if you're watching on YouTube, the shirt says, there's no way I was born to just pay bills and die because that affects how you train. It affects how you sleep. It affects your hormones. It affects what you eat, what you drink. It affects everything else around it. So that's why this list is basically endless. And, and, And this is by no means all the things I could touch on today, but these are examples of how additional factors can improve your rate of progress and your rate of success in being as healthy and happy as you want to be. And we also have to account for what else is happening in a person's life. That's the truth. And obviously, you know, 2020, I think we can chalk that up on the list for all of us. Uh, The uncertainty, uh, the, uh, you know, just the way people are, the economical impact of things, whether your business was impacted, I'm sure basically everybody's was at some point. We have to account for what is happening in your personal life that affects what happens inside the gym and outside the gym and all the results that come from it. And uh, I think sometimes we get get lost in that. And so what you really have to do is be consistent um, at a level you feel comfortable with and, and what you're willing to give up. And what you're willing to put in to uh, to look and move and feel the way you want to. So, for example, if if you're an accountant, right, and uh, that's your job, and you want to be super lean, or you want to be, you know, gain muscle and look like Arnold, you're probably going to have to adjust your expectations during tax season. I don't really know if there's a way around that. I know 
uh, our CPA uh, gets bombarded and gets super busy that time of year. I don't harass him much outside of that. I maybe send him one or two messages a year if I got a couple questions. But uh, during that time when we're organizing taxes here for the business and our personal life and all that, he gets to hear from me a ton. So if you're an accountant, you're going to have to make some expectation changes probably during tax season or adjust your life to match that during the holidays. The goal might be just to maintain um, your current progress as opposed to aim for further progress um, after the holidays have passed. And what about upcoming vacations and plan breaks and different things you want to do? You have to really, again, be realistic with your overall lifestyle and not just say, well, this is my training program, this is my eating program, that's fine, but what do you do for a career? How you know involved are you with your kids' stuff? How much do you travel? And you can't foresee every issue but you can plan for what you do know. And for these periods, you know, uh, we tend to ask people here, you know, our clients, you know, we tell them how little the improvements they're willing to make are, are going to help them in that period of time. And you have to accept that there's certain periods you're going to make more progress than less. Um, you just make sure you're not going backwards, you know, over time. And once you have a good idea, again, of where you want to go and how fast you can get there, that's when you ask yourself, what are you willing to do to reach your goals? And are you willing to do what it takes? And only you can really answer that, right? And you have to really revisit and recalibrate your expectations, you know, and the data as it kind of accumulates. And that's why I say you have to always audit what you're doing. Is it working? Is it not working? How... Am I moving? How am I looking? How do I feel? And even me, I've been doing this for a very long time. I can't perfectly predict a, a client's rate of progress because things are always going to happen. You might get divorced. You might have a fight. You might have a, you know, your dog died. Who knows? Uh, there, there's so many things that go into all this, but you have to have a, a general idea of where you want to go and how you're going to get there. And in general, I think most of you should monitor your, your progress and your results probably every two weeks and uh, look at your food intake, look at your training, look at your action plan, see, you know, has it been working and uh, really just gather that data and put that into like a spreadsheet or write it down somewhere or talk with your coach and uh, then you can make appropriate timeline adjustments uh, as you need to and understanding, you know, like what what are the realistic parameters of what I'm trying to do? So if we touch on this real quick, I don't want to ramble on all night because I'm getting tired here and I still got to train. Uh, if you're not losing fat within, you know, a realistic time frame and you've really been trying hard, you can maybe look about, you know, decreasing your calories by maybe 250 a day, uh, maybe cutting out 25 to 50 grams of carbohydrates or chopping out 7 to 15 grams of fat or simply removing, you know, one or two cups of you know, maybe denser carbohydrates or, you know, one or two thumb uh, equivalents of fat in the daily intake, you know, and that'd be probably two to three portions of carbs and fats combined. And that would maybe speed up the progress of things aren't working right. And again, you have to be realistic with what you're eating and what you're doing. But uh, a lot of people aren't. I don't want to get off topic. I'll touch on this in a second. If you're talking about not gaining muscle within the realistic parameters, maybe increasing your calorie intake by 250 calories a day, increasing maybe 50 extra carbs per day, um, or increasing 7 to 15 grams of fat per day. It's the small changes to see if that's what's holding you back. But I do think a lot of people overestimate 
how hard they work in the gym and they underestimate how much food they're eating. And I think a lot of people are guilty of that. We've seen it here for many, many years. They overestimate how hard they're training and they underestimate how much food they're eating because they're not realistic about the intake. And like, oh, Jeremy, I've been crushing in the gym. And meanwhile, like, while we see them and I'm like... I think we need to redefine what crushing is. And I'm not saying it's all about intensity and effort, but you can't come in and bullshit if you really want to get stuff. It's like, if you want to live in a $3 million house, you got to work, bro. Like you got to work a job that's probably requires stress. You got to make a, a pretty substantial amount of money and you got to be willing to take on the stress of living there and making the mortgage and the taxes payment and the HOA payments and really being there. And you're probably going to have to have a job that requires you to eat shit or that requires you to travel or that requires you to sell and requires you to produce at a high level. It's the same thing with fitness, man. If you want to look a certain way and be really lean or really ripped or whatever it is, you're going to have to give up some things and you have to put in work. And I would argue with you, it's much harder to be ripped and have six-pack abs every single day and to be a millionaire. I, 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 there's, it's not even close, in, in my opinion, because there's 12 million millionaires in America. There's not 12 million people in America who are ripped every single day. There just aren't, man. And I'm just going off stats here. These are just pure numbers. So you have to ask yourself, is the juice worth the squeeze? And what am I willing to do to get there? So again, you could talk about, you know, if you're losing too much muscle mass too fast, or if you're getting fat too quickly, um, or for a lot of you guys, I guess the one I will touch on really quick, if you're not recovering from your tough workouts enough, like you're the person who is listening to me and like, Jeremy, well, I do crush it. And I do the stuff that you share and I kill it and I'm crushing myself. What I would do is this. If you find yourself struggling with recovery and you really want to keep making progress, review your overall daily energy intake, your calories, right? And if you're cutting calories too stringent to lose fat or lose weight, consider increasing your intake by maybe 102 calories a day. So you're eating at just a slight deficit, so not as much. And maybe that extra added food will give you the energy you need. Number two, review your daily total protein intake, adding maybe 25 more grams of protein or at least like a palm more uh, of protein per day. That can help make a difference for some people. And I would also review your carb intake. Maybe you need more than you're getting, particularly right after a training session. Um, and I do think that post-workout time is probably the most optimal if we're going to talk about timing, even though I think for a lot of novice people, it doesn't matter. But if you're along on the journey, I do think the timing is going to be important, especially when it comes to recovery and how you're feeling. So what you could do is add maybe 25 to 50 grams of uh, carbohydrates to your daily intake post-workout. For a lot of you, that's probably optimal. And then the last one, I think you could review your daily fat intake particularly your intake of essential fatty acids. If you're noticing a lot of inflammation, you might benefit from increasing uh, your intake of fat sources. And uh, when I'm talking about like fish oils, uh, I think omegas are key, chia seeds. Uh, I do like uh, avocados. Uh, I do like eggs as well. But I do think omegas are, are crucial and key. And you got to just let the facts guide you, man. And, and remember that the numbers you're chasing uh, on the scale and uh, even with with dress size and pant size aren't the only ways to measure progress because it's really tempting to only focus on you know the quantitative data the body fat percentage the inches lost and the numbers on the scale but progress is much more subjective than that and then I do believe that that's why I say especially when you get into your fitness journey like where I am 
I'm in the you know the old man stage. I do have man strength. I'll say that. I have man hands too, and I, I'm fully confident I can uh, beat my dad's ass at this point. Uh, so, uh, Perry, if you're listening, I've surpassed you. I have the man strength that you once possessed that I didn't. Um, that's a measure of progress for me at this point. All, all jokes aside, though, uh, I think what you have to start asking yourself. If you're not seeing things, and again, it's not linear, you guys. Don't be so wrapped up in the day-to-day, week-to-week bullshit of just numbers. They're going to happen. And if there's anything I'm good at, it's not checking the scoreboard every 15 seconds. I don't look every two minutes of how many, you know, in life in general, right? Like, I don't do it in the gym. I don't give a shit. I haven't stepped on the scale in so long. Probably the last time I was at the doctor, honestly. I might do it today just because I'm curious. But uh, I haven't stepped on the scale in forever. And it doesn't matter. I don't see what my PR is on my bench or my overhead press or my deadlift. The last time I did anything like that is when we had Colleen Foshin on the podcast and she told me she could um, push press uh, 240 pounds and I uh, I could barely do more than her, which she's a beast though, so I don't really take it that uh, bad. I could do 245. It's crazy. She's a freak show. I uh, love her to death. But uh, anyways, I don't track things like that. It doesn't matter. And I don't, in my normal life either, I don't track Oh, how many followers do I have on Instagram? How many, you know, podcast uh, reviews do we have? Even though I appreciate when you guys drop them on there. Uh, I don't look at how many people are on our email list. You know, uh, do I look at our PNL sheet? For sure I do, but I don't, I'm not worried. I don't, I'm not living on 90 day metrics. It's like, oh, quarter one was this, quarter two was that. I don't give a shit. There's so many better ways to measure progress in your physical body, in your health, your fitness, in your business, and your life. For me, I'm like, I, I measure it by how many people did I help this week? And I always, and this, this is just a take for me, you guys. I run a small business. I'm no Warren Buffett. I'm just a dude who wants to be happy and make money. And I've done all that. But I'm like, if I help enough people, I'll make enough money. I know that. If I help enough people, if I influence enough people to be healthy and be happy, and if I can change their life, they'll tell a friend, they'll tell a friend who will tell a friend, and I'll make more money than I ever need. And that, is, to me, is a measure of progress. Did I show up here every day on time to help people? Did I give my best effort? Did I not exhaust myself in my own training so I still had something to give to everybody else? That's my number one priority. I'll have a shittier workout for myself to help other people. And I'm okay with that because to me, that's a measure of progress as a, not just a a human, but that's me being a good coach, a good steward of my gift. And I can always come die in the gym. And so when you guys are training and you're worried about body fat and inches and weight on the scale, stop yourself and start measuring progress by things like, did you show up today and make an effort, no matter how small, especially if you had a shitty day? The tiny actions that are just a little bit better than they were before. One better food choice. One better drinking choice. One better training choice. Squeezing in mobility when you didn't want to. Feeling more at ease with your food, like you're not forcing it, like it's just becoming your lifestyle. Daily wins, like having a quality lunch having a quality dinner, having a, a better breakfast if, if, if you're a breakfast person, having more energy and vitality through your day, better sex drive, better sex with your husband or wife, fuck it, it's a great measure of progress, probably one of the best, getting stronger, getting fitter, being more mobile, having better tissue quality, less aches and pains, feeling more confident in one's body and self, looking at yourself in the mirror when you get in the shower and being like, man, I'm a sexy beast. Who don't want to crawl up on this? Things like that, you guys. Those are measures of progress. And and I want you all to understand you have to look at those things too. And understand how far you've come. 
no matter what the numbers show. And regularly pointing to the bright spots, especially in things like your behavior, your actions, and most importantly, your mindset. That's the shit you can build on. That's the stuff that makes the biggest difference. That's going to help you proactively work around the obstacles in your way and really just focus on progress and not just perfection. And so whether you're trying to lose fat or gain muscle, the most important expectation you can set is just on you making progress day after day after day and not being your own worst enemy and your own worst critic and worrying about being perfect because my friends, perfect does not exist. Never has and it never will. So hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed that. I know it's a lot uh, to chew on, but hopefully if your goal is to you know lose body fat or gain muscle, I gave you a more realistic expectation of what that looks like and what you can expect on your health and fitness journey, depending on how old you are, uh, you know, age, genetics, body type, and, and what you're willing to give up and, and how much you're willing to really push your limits to achieve all of your goals. So if you guys got any questions on this, um, feel free to hit me up. I'll probably put it in our email newsletter later this week. If you guys are not on our newsletter, we send out at least three per week every single week. And I've done that for over 11 years. Some weeks we send out five or six emails, depending on how much stuff I got in my brain. But uh, it's just my goal to help you guys in any medium we can, whether it's audio, video, or obviously written word. And uh, if you find yourself on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Go to the iTunes app on your iPhone. Scroll your finger all the way down. Drop me a five-star. Leave me a couple of sentences. I truly would appreciate it. It means the world to us, and selfishly, it helps us move up the rankings in iTunes. And we reach more people, and we make more money, and life is good. So thank you guys for that. It truly does mean uh, a lot to me. I wouldn't keep doing these if, if you haven't, if you didn't share them as much, if you didn't listen, and if you didn't send the positive feedback. I truly do uh, appreciate it. And uh, if you think and help a friend or family member, obviously please forward it along to them because I do think, uh, them hearing a voice of reason and, and being realistic with, with being healthy and happy is going to make all the difference in the world in their health and fitness journey. I wish, I wish podcasts were as popular back when I grew up and there was somebody like me rambling on, I could have listened to, but, uh, it just wasn't the case. And so I had to do everything wrong before I, I did it all right. So happy to help you guys learn from my dumbass mistakes I've made along the way. And a reminder, if you guys want to try out Athletic Greens, I can hook you up with 20 free travel packs. You can email me, DM me. I'm happy to shoot you the link myself directly. And if you're really on the fence and you're not sure, well, Jeremy, I'm not sure if I want to make the investment because I already take this multivitamin. I promise you, this is better than your shitty multivitamin. And I will send you, well, I won't, but Monica, who is my right hand right here, she sits in the office seat right next to me, she will send you a pack right to your front door. You can try it 100% for free. Then I'll send you the link for 24 travel packs. Then you guys can get it. And honestly, I do have to say it's made the biggest impact on my energy uh, every single day over time. And I do feel, knock on wood, it's one of the reasons I rarely ever get sick and rarely ever feel like I'm under the weather because I'm just getting in all my micronutrients every day regardless of... Um, how I eat. So I, I can't say enough good things about it. It's the one thing I never miss. I travel with it everywhere I go. And uh, I think you guys should do the same. So I'm happy to uh, I'm happy to give you a discount and get you uh, basically a whole month for free on me. So other than that, I think we have Heather coming on the podcast either tomorrow or Sunday. She has a couple of gems that she wants to share with you guys. So I'm happy to bring her back on. And uh, I appreciate you guys. Everybody watching on YouTube, thank you. 
Uh, and uh, I will check in with you guys in a couple of days. So don't get discouraged on your journey, you guys. Keep kicking ass. Keep putting in the effort every single day. And I promise you it's paying off. Um, even if you can't see the numbers on the scale or the body fat percentage or the inches moving just yet, they will. Remember, it's not linear and it's about making progress, not just perfection. So until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.